DJ Simulationistas, sup, with Dr. D, Dan Raymer, and Dr. J, Janice Palaganis, coming at you from the Center for Medical Simulation in Boston, Massachusetts. So buckle up your mannequin, and let's roll. Welcome to DJ Simulationistas. Sup, you're here with Mowgli Raymer and... Dan Raymer. <laughs> Sup, Janice. <laughs> listeners should understand that uh, Mowgli is my grand dog, my daughter's dog, which I have the care of currently because she's away at a camp as a counselor this summer. And so the panting you hear is not me. And it's not Janice, it's Mowgli. Welcome, Mowgli, to the show. I hope you're taking good care of your grandpa. Mowgli, you're being spoken to. (laughs) All right, so welcome, everyone. You're also here with Janice Pelaganis. We have a special guest with us. Yes. (laughs) This is Clement Bouillon, and he comes to us from Normandy, France, where he works as an anesthesiologist and an intensivist at... University Hospital of Cain. Am I saying that right? Yes, that's fine. <laughs> so, uh, Clement is with us here at the Center for Medical Simulation because you have an interest in human factors research and assessment, and that's what we're going to be studying collaboratively with you, which is going to be really exciting and interesting. Yes, it's going to be an, an amazing year together. So, welcome. and Clement, you're, um, uh, you're here as a fellow, I understand. And yes. uh, I haven't met you yet. You just arrived, and uh, I haven't been into the office uh, uh, in the last few days. So uh, very nice to meet you. How, how long are you going to be with us in Boston? I will be with you for a year. Uh, a year. Oh, great. Year. Wonderful. Well, we'll get a chance to work together. That'll be great. With great pleasure, yes. So, Clement, you must be wondering why I pulled you into our podcasting studio. Yes. And that is because Dan and I just had a really awesome conversation around the future of simulation. And we were talking about the future of healthcare and how we believe that there is this new field, not a new field, but an increasingly um, developing field of telemedicine and home healthcare and community-based healthcare. And being that France does a lot of community-based healthcare and home care, we are wondering if we can brainstorm with you what you might see to be the future of simulation in these areas. Yes, there is a real place uh, for simulation and education to this uh, uh, new field of uh, practicing uh, medicine because for many reasons there is less uh, healthcare provider in rural uh, territory. Weekend and night uh, uh, activity is increasing and technology, up-to-date medicine uh, should be provided for anyone uh, in the country. So it's become mandatory to have tools such telemedicine or teleconsultations to address such problem. 
but telemedicine and teleconsultation is, uh, as far now, not taught in university. The best way, from my point of view, uh, to teach those new technology and new process uh, should be simulations, uh, using uh, different ways, such as simulation as we practice actually, but with not new courses, but also with standardized patients, integrating the new tools of telemedicine could be really powerful for our simulation center. And those, those uh, machines, the telemedicine technology is amazing. Like the, yes. you, they can auscultate from a, a different place, and yes. it's just about you know where to put it on your chest yes. as they're trying to yes. listen and everything. I mean. All the tools that you would have uh, in the clinic it, setting they have in um, this. It's totally amazing. Uh, since now more than four or five years, they are able with telemedicine to make a sonar assessment of patients' special situations. But in the in the world, everywhere with the good communication. So we can imagine that for. 100 kilometers or miles away, we, we can assess a patient just auscultating him with stethoscope, but you can also have an EKG, mm-hmm. and, and even uh, invasive procedures are coming to telemedicine. I know a startup is developing uh, currently the ability of making coronary dilatations far away, so it's really interesting. That's cool. And that's need to be teached. Lamont, I unfortunately have never been to Normandy. I've only seen it in old uh, World War II movies, frankly. Uh, uh, And uh, I don't have a good sense of how rural Normandy is. And the reason I'm asking is uh, I attended a seminar once in Canada, and they were talking about using simulation to train people in the very northern parts of Canada, actually the northern half of Canada, which is much more remote than I ever imagined. And what I learned was physicians there, they would have one or two, usually two physicians covering a huge territory, and they would be required to do everything, including delivering babies, doing emergency appendectomies, uh, doing the anesthesia for the emergency appendectomy, uh, treating common colds, really a a wide, wide range of skills being required. And so they wanted to use simulation to teach people things that were outside of their normal specialty. Is it that rural or... uh... In French Polynesia, uh, there is such uh, practice of medicine that you describe. In France, we are smallest territory, but we manage to have university hospital in the range of one and a half to a maximum distance from each patient. So if you imagine the Normandy, there is three uh, major cities uh, and two with university hospital and it's not so large. Even if they're not in uh, the situations to perform diagnosis, the treatment of the patient out of their field of uh, competence, uh, they really often need assistance 
to make the decision of transferring the patient from the county hospital to the university hospital because we want to avoid not necessary transportation and also to avoid the saturation of the main hospital. So telemedicine is really mandatory in those situations. I've seen uh, a couple places, uh, uh, actually mostly in Australia, where they've had people practice doing telemedicine using simulation. It, it just seemed so, so ideal, but they were just making it up as they went along. And I'm wondering if you're aware of anyone who's developed a curriculum specifically around teaching people how to do telemedicine. Yes, uh, we currently uh, developing one for uh, GP consultations and also one for anesthesiology uh, consultation because um, we are, have a main center for outpatient surgery and some patients are coming from more than 100 kilometers and so they come the first time for, uh, for the surgeon and they're going to come uh, for the surgery if we can avoid them to come third time for the anesthesiologist and we can manage it uh, with remote consultations. Uh, it re- it's a real uh, good service for the patient. So it could be settled in the community hospital, uh, the closest to their home, uh, in which there is uh, a specific uh, room dedicated to telemedicine Uh, with a nurse who can help to practice the auscultation, but uh, some specific uh, box for telemedicine have been developed, uh, which are well done, and uh, there is instruction for the patients uh, to stand up uh, on the the floor to be weighed and uh, to how to put uh, the different tools on them for the auscultation and for the EKG, uh, like this. Very cool. So, Dan, I don't know if you, if I ever talked with you about the uh, Department of Defense grant that we had at Loma Linda University with our trauma department. And um, our trauma department had the largest, we have the largest catchment area in the United States because we have a lot of desert. Mm. And so, as it turns out, if there's a um, trauma somewhere in the desert, we need some way of being able to mobily provide care. And so they funded us to put together um, ATVs that have telemedicine devices on them. And then we had a control center in the emergency department mm-hmm. with a room with all the telemedicine. Um, oh, yeah, the, and it was cameras and it was also these all these devices within this ATV. And you would have to position the ATV so that you have the camera on the patient um, and you can provide care. And so by the time I left, I don't know where it went, um, but I I don't know if we did simulation with the educating of the actual practitioners to do all of these things, but that was where we were in conversation. So there is a lot of activity out there. Yes, and it may think about something that is is running in two or three center and it's uh, emerging and maybe it's going to be generalized. There is uh, a way of the wearing glasses with mm-hmm. a camera and in the in the hospital stay uh, 
uh, more experienced doctor or consultant uh, who may have uh, the image and, the, and could give advice uh, not uh, on telephone but directly in the air that gets uh, the doctors on the field and it's really uh, useful to concentrate the knowledge and the competence and to avoid to disperse. But this practice also needs to be teached. It's, you could not uh, just put yourself behind a computer and say, oh, I have Skype, now I'm a teledoctor. Mm-hmm. You have to, to learn this. And being, being able to be on the receiving end yes, also. and um, figure out yeah. what the glitches are when you're on the receiving end. Like, that's the wrong angle, or, you know, and how yeah. to handle, you know, doing it efficiently. Um, yeah. That'll be very interesting. The other thing I want to talk about is the conversation that I had with our mutual friend and colleague, Charlie yes. um, Michelet. Yes. And um, from Gainesville, and he's a sports medicine physician. And he talks about when he goes into the home health setting, Mm -hmm. just looking at the um, hallways and the way people live and opening up their refrigerator and seeing their, um, you know, the the food that they eat really helps him diagnose and, and help educate the patient. And I'm thinking this kind of reminds me of like escape rooms and like we could do simulations in a room, but then you have to kind of like escape that room and look further into the home setting if you are doing, if you are physically going to homes. Um, And we could do really cool simulations in terms of home health. Oh my God. So scary. (laughs) So I would find Mowgli... And then I would educate Mowgli on how to annoy uh-huh. his grandpa. Well, I, uh, so Janice <laughs> and I once went to an escape room, and uh, it was terrifying. But she got us out of there somehow. You were I, with I, me. I, how is that I terrifying? I thought we would be in there forever, but you, uh, you managed to <laughs> solve all the clues. Or, or cheat. <laughs> In, in France, in Amiens or Lille, one of uh, our residents in anesthesiology built uh, an escape room in an operating room uh, context to make really? team building. Yes. And tell, me, tell us about that. It was a simulation? Yes. I don't practice it, but I have the description of it, and it seemed really fun. And it's, uh, it's neither the surgeons, the uh, secreting nurse, anesthesiology team, so yes. And it was like a team building exercise. Yes, exactly. Was it with a patient or no, not with oh, a patient? Okay. Human factors assessment. Yes, could do that here. Yes. Escape rooms. What do you think, Dan? <laughs> uh, I think Mowgli thinks it's a really great idea, and we should do it. What do you think? She said, "Thank yes, you, huh? Mowgli." All right. Um, I think so too, Mowgli. I think this was a really great conversation and I'm so glad that you joined us and, and Clement, it was really wonderful having you. Thank you for the invite. Nice to meet you and uh, I look forward to seeing you in person. DJ Simulationistas, sup? Is brought to you by the Center for Medical Simulation. Find out more about CMS and learn about our simulation instructor training and course offerings at www.harvardmedsim.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.